Hey everyone, and welcome to Jace's Movies Podcast. I'm Jace, a geeky fangirl who shares my decades of knowledge and love for the movies. So let's delve into the entire cinematic experience, history, and more. Grab your popcorn or a snack, and let's start the show. In this episode, we're going to discuss Army of the Dead, director Zack Snyder. It's a 2021 film on Netflix. It's rated R for violence and nudity and graphic grossness, in my opinion. IMDb gave it 5.9 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes has it at only 68%, but Google had 71% liked the film. Now, the cast includes Dave Batista. Ella Purnell, Tig Notaro, Ana de la Reguera, Nora Arnezeder, Matthias Schwagoffer, and Omari Hardwick, Theo Rossi, as well as Garrett Dillahunt, Richard Citrone, Heruka Sanada, Raul Castillo, Chelsea Amundsen. Army of the Dead. Now, I fully get there's a lot of people that don't like this movie for whatever reasons they have, but I know I fully enjoyed it, but that's also because I enjoy zombie movies. So I'm joined today by my daughter. Hi, everyone. And um, we'll get right into it. Now, of course, this movie starts off pretty cool with the military being the reason why the zombies were created, hence alpha or king or whatever we want to call him so i fully think that's another reason how zombies can be created is in the lab um but it also looks like they were trying to create a super soldier serum aka captain america or u.s agent or any of that stuff too which is kind of cool and of course the drivers are referring to what's in the bin to begin with uh, that they just came from area 51 I wonder if they have any more sitting at Area 51, and where were they going? I also like the fact that they were always referred to themselves as the Four Horsemen and Mothership <laughs> as well, so it's kind of interesting to see that little side of it. As the Four Horsemen, you do have pestilence, death as their main two, which is your diseases, and then of course your death. So it's kind of interesting that they give that little head nod to the mythology behind a lot of you know biblical verses that say like, People will come back. There's the whole resurrection as right. well with the zombies, as well as the mothership, which is, of course, must Talking be, about aliens, yeah. Must be aliens. And it's hilarious watching these two soldiers in the car talking about, what do we really know what we're taking? And they refer to the box as the payload. So it's interesting that we don't even really know till he comes out of the box what right. it is. Right. And they give a nod to Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark, with saying that it's the staff of Ra. Which is mm-hmm. kind of funny. But yeah, so that way if they were really going to be done, the four horsemen of the apocalypse, it definitely gives a foreboding as to what's going to come in the rest of the movie. I also love Zack Snyder with his soundtracks that he does for his films. Amazing. They're, they're fun. They're on point. They're very smartly placed. And then we get into some of these characters. Now, of course, I also wanted to watch the movie because I love Dave Bautista. 
Yes, he plays the same guy in every film. I get that. I don't think he minds being typecasted. I definitely love seeing him pretty upset that he, spoiler alert, dies at the end. It is what it is. It would have been cool to see him turn into the next new alpha, you know, after they had killed the first alpha guy with his dog tags. You fully knew that he was still walking around, still alive, still doing his thing on there. Um, One interesting thing, too, is that Zack Snyder filmed all of this with Canon Dream Lens. He actually used um, the first time doing digital film. He always had done it before on 35 millimeter and such like that. And with that, of course, I'm a Canon lover on their lenses as well. But I love the bokeh effect that he gives so much throughout this film where everything is out of focus to kind of build that drama and build that suspense to what these characters really look like until they're almost in your face, which is uh, really cool as to how he, he does that. Well, you also got to think he also studied a lot under George Romero as well through George Romero's films and everything else with how he did zombies. And then it also seems like he took a lot from I Am Legend with, with, with uh, Will Smith in it. How, like, the zombies, you didn't really see them out during the daytime, which is a little nod to that because when they first go past the wall around Nevada, Las Vegas, it was interesting to see, like, you have all these dried up corpses. So it's like, okay, so are they really zombies or are they vampirific zombies? Because normally when you, with, like, with The Walking Dead, they were out everywhere. It didn't matter any time of day they were there. But with this, it was, they barely came outside. Right. Or that they were hibernating inside with falling asleep and all that same thing, just like with I Am Legend with staying inside. Definitely very interesting. Zack Snyder also loves playing with the timeline um, and a nod to here as to, you know, the whole, what if we're just in the loop and it's enter zombie dead, enter zombie dead, enter, and they show the three dead soldiers there which end up not being zombies which is interesting because i guess you can just die die and not come back but that the three shown there are wearing the same clothing or somewhat to the three that died in the movie not by a zombie kill because you've got the pilot who was shot in the arm and then hit with the blade of the helicopter and then you have the girl who's neck was completely twisted all the way around her body and then you have Batista who got bit and then his daughter had to shoot him in the head I love the character Dieter he is so cool and I mean of course every movie has to have their plucky comic relief and same thing with the whole time loop you know how the main guy was given the story of this is how you're going to get in. So, of course, we get to see a little bit of that. And then Dieter interrupts. He's like, how do we kill zombies? <laughs> you know, kind of stuff. But it's also one of those things of going, now, wait a minute. He's never killed any zombies, but he's pretty good with a gun because they show him shooting the bottles and stuff. And he's like spot on. And his little attempt at a fist bump. Yay! <laughs> you know, it's... <laughs> It's just pretty funny. I think his character overall is definitely a relief from how strict and straightforward the rest of the guys are. So it kind of shows like, sure, there's a whole situation going on down here, but does that really mean that we have to be too, too serious about it or too 
you know, head on for it. Like, we should be able to have that little bit of fun when there's nothing going on right here, right now. Right. Well, that's most any, I want to say, adventure story or whatever. You've got the main guy in charge. You have a guy with a crazy weapon. Hence, in this movie, he's got the saw blade. That apparently can cut through concrete. Yeah. yeah. And then you have the... The token badass chick with her red bandana around her forehead, giving herself to kill the other bad guys, and yet let everyone escape, just like in Aliens. And that was the first thing I thought of when when I saw her character with the bandana on her head, that it was just really, oh, oh, not to Alien. So what is Zach really talking about? Is he, is he talking about the super soldier serum, or is he talking about... Aliens with Area 51. You know, how did the zombies really come to be about? I think there's always a constant head nod to Area 51 being out there. And because as civilians, we don't really know what's going on out there. We know about the base. And there's, of course, tons of theories about Area 51. It being with extraterrestrials or otherwise known as aliens. Or Or Independence Day, where that's where they had the alien. Yeah. Yeah, or it's they have secrets from the moon landing that nobody really knew about. They have astronauts in casings that are frozen to keep them from from dying so they can send them back up. There's a whole million theories about Area 51, so it's kind of cool to see that constant head nod back over there. Right, a reference to it. Yeah. Of course they're being sent in to steal money. I mean, that's every other heist movie or whatever. They're in there to steal money. Coyote, the Lily character, that she t- would take people in to actually steal supplies and such like that that would have been left after they just built the border because, of course, the zombies aren't eating food. They're not eating anything. It was interesting in the beginning montage as to how they got to that point that they were hosing down the zombies to steal their clothing kind of stuff for the people that were right outside of everything. And you see the minivan soccer mom you know shooting up zombies in her neighborhood and you've got kids and you've got all of that kind of stuff just like it was super cute and really neat to see their challenges as to even getting into the vault with the they brought the zombie and then trying to figure out how to get them to walk down and do different things and i thought it was kind of interesting because then they figured out it's not you know, the flat, it's not the meat that they're being given, it's the heat on it. So how he pans over to where he's got a severed arm in a microwave and brings it back and he's like smacking him in the face with it trying to get right. him to take smell it. Smell it, smell it, smell it. And yeah. he throws it across the room. But I think the funniest moment of that whole scene is when the zombies walking through and of course setting off all the traps to the safe and the guns come out and Dieter's like, we're supposed to be non-lethal. Is this, is this legal? Right. The guy's like, shrugging shoulders doesn't, who knows? Who knows? Because as we've also seen in Ocean's Eleven and and some of those other heist movies, that it's not easy getting into those Las Vegas vaults. Definitely not. Also brings us to the token backstab character, the guy in his Elvis sunglasses, that ends up being the one that betrays everybody because he's really there on a separate mission of his own what else Zach introduced us to that we haven't seen I don't think in any other zombie films is the zombie tiger and then the zombie horse 
which I thought was interesting because that's, I want to say that's probably another head nod to I Am Legend. Because in I Am Legend, if the dogs were bitten, the dogs turned. But with, like I said before, with The Walking Dead, with where how they're out every day, it wouldn't matter if the zombie bit the horse or not. Because they just we died. see them eat the horses all the time, but they wouldn't come back. Right, they would so just that's, die. That's the interesting kind of kick that I got out of it. Was like, oh yeah, no, that's kind of like I Am Legend, where the animals do come back because we've seen birds with like a part of their wing missing that still fly. Right, right. right. I'm like, that's interesting. <laughs> And then of course seeing the tiger for the first time was like, what's going on? Now they have tigers. Now they have tigers. And of course you sit back and go, well, they are in Vegas. They are in Vegas. So that's where the tiger would come from. (laughs) Doing some of those other things, just like the the token a-hole being in the police officer at the refugee camp. One of those things is, why didn't those people leave the refugee camp? Batista and all them lived a bus drive away. Why did they have them staying right there, right outside the quarantine zone? There's always the theory of nowhere else to go. So, like, if they can't find other family or, say, if they were immigrants that don't have any more family out here, it could be the fact that there's no money for them out here. Because you got to think the rest of the world apparently didn't really know what was going on. Right. And that with with the newscasting, they seemed like they were focusing a lot more on what was going on in real life with COVID, like... If there was really a situation, there'd be zombies. And it's like, well, there are. <laughs> right, right. And it's and that's another weird, interesting take on that news segment that the African-American lady was yelling, you know, oh, we start following all these rules. And all of a sudden, you're going to have somebody pointing a temperature gun at your head. And that brings back to the whole COVID thing that I remember being in Roswell, New Mexico in 2020. And in order to enter the museum, even the gift shop, they pointed that gun, that temperature gun at all of our foreheads. So um, even though Zack Snyder wrote this movie a decade ago, it's interesting how even a decade ago, what kind of different things you can almost foretell as to how people would react to it. And I thought it was hilarious. It was a little thing and it's not heard very loud. But that the news reporter, Caster, says that the president, the reason that he is bombing Las Vegas on 4th of July is he thought it would be pretty cool. <laughs> so it's just, <laughs> it's just kind of funny how when we talk about our current president, I fully see Biden doing something just because he thought it would be pretty cool. <laughs> you know, not really taking into effect of anything else kind of going on. Las Vegas, although it's a city, it's not a very big, large city. With that bomb coming and all that stuff, if and that's why they evacuated the as much as they could anyway. Right, the refugees because they weren't sure where the fallout all was going to reach. Because with the newscaster, of course, as soon as they get into their main casino that they're trying to get to and they switch on the power newscasters come back up and it's like oh yeah so instead of you having a day before the bomb hits they've moved it up to an hour well now they have to get down there and hurry up but of course it takes 30 minutes for the guy to get to zip because you guys keep talking (laughs) the quintessential twist you know just like if you really think about it does vegas really have cable like i understand the generator 
really they they still have cable service you know i could understand turning things on and of course the the machines come back on and lights come back on but right they they have current news ready to go so zach that's another mess up in your movie explain to me how they're still paying for cable I just, I think it's kind of interesting because with The Walking Dead, after a while, within like, by season five, they had the radios on their cars working again. And it's kind of interesting to see that because it's playing music, whereas right. there was complete static beforehand. So it's like, okay, so how are they getting music on the radio? Well, but radio is done through radio waves and that's all done through satellites in the sky, but it can be done through local towers. So if you have somebody that knows... I mean, that's the same thing with CB radios or in that movie, Pump Up the Volume. Oh, love that movie. Where that high schooler was having his own radio channel at 10 o'clock at night or whatever. And the only people that could really hear it were those within his listening area, which was basically his neighborhood and his school. Which is, I just think it's kind of interesting because like in a world where... There's no running water, there's no cable, there's barely any electricity. It's kind of interesting to see how humans can adapt to it through car batteries, through trying to figure stuff out. But then you have this area that doesn't have humans in it, that's strictly zombies, no matter how smart they are. It's how, okay, so how does the TV work? How do the, how are the lights still on? Even though the generator is kicked on, there were other buildings that had lights on that shouldn't have had had power. So it's kind of interesting to see, like, even certain signs were lit up as they're walking around. It's just kind of interesting to see that, how there's still stuff going on in the background. Right, that connection. That connection to it. Probably some solar panels. Probably. Going on. (laughs) You know, that extra sun energy kind of stuff that's keeping things on. But then we get into the whole kingdom, and the fact that you've got a king and a crazy queen. Oh my gosh. I mean, they don't send anybody else out to greet the coyote. They must do this often, you know, kind of thing, which we kind of learned that coyote has. But coyote knows all the rules. He sent his his bride or whatever, his queen, to be the one that greets these people with this heavy artillery and all this other kind of stuff with the outsiders. Maybe that's just something she enjoyed doing. I mean, she looks pretty nasty to begin with, just getting into that. But since we find out, spoiler alert, later on that she's pregnant, why would she be the one, you know, meeting strangers? Because I thought after you died, nothing would have worked. Like, you don't really have blood flowing like that anymore. You don't, it's normally with certain, I know with certain zombie films, like The Walking Dead, I Am Legend, and, and of course Resident Evil, the only activity was in the bottom of the brain. So it's that was the only thing that kept them moving. And of course those were the dumber ones, the slower ones, that didn't really seem smart enough to understand. Right. So I could get it as him being the first one turned. Of course, like he's going to know a lot more because he's the main guy. And whatever serum they gave him that turned him into this zombie... And you would have thought that if he bit her, then when that a-hole guy was wiring off her head, you know, she didn't have any blue stuff coming out of her like the other people that had been bit by him did. Which kind of shows me maybe she didn't, I don't know. Maybe it's just not connected that way in their neck. It was, 
it stays in the brain or something with where that blue stuff is. Maybe, but that's also an interesting state because later in the movie, spoiler alert, uh, he does pull the baby out of her and the entire baby is blue, including the umbilical cord until it's touched in air and then you see it slowly go away. Is he trying to make more of him is my question because if he's the main guy and he's like that, like how when Dave was bit and at the end shot by his daughter, it was he had a whole bunch of blue right, blood particles blue come, out. come out. So my question is, is it really a virus or a bacterial or is it more so blood infection? Well, it sounds like whatever they gave Alpha, he it's in his blood because that's the only way he's really transmitted it has been when he infects such like the two guys two soldiers that ran up the hill he bit them you know individually and then they followed him who we don't see later on so i wonder what happened to those guys did they just get rid of their garb or you know any of that stuff and they just go with him maybe they died somewhere along the way but the other ones that were killed on the convoy they were just killed right i don't know if they turned into zombies maybe they released too maybe they came out later it's hard to really know as to what but it sounds like some of this could be that you just die die from being torn apart or emptied with your emptied the blood or whatever and then sometimes you come back which I thought was interesting because in the very beginning of the movie where we're seeing them joke off and joke around, of course, the couple in the car is not doing things that are appropriate for children. And they end up hitting the truck and the truck blows up. And that's when we finally see him is when that door opens and he climbs out. He bites three guards in total. Right. But only two show up with him when he's walking to Vegas. Does it depend on who he wants to turn as well? Or, or does it depend on where he bites them? Does it depend right. on... right? If does they, he have to hit an artery in order for that blood transfer? Or does it have to be something else? Because even the one guy that he chased down the hill, like he tore his jaw off. Right, but he, I thought he bit him like in and, the neck yeah, or whatever too. He bit him too. in his shoulder, but completely de-jawed him. And it was kind of interesting to see him get back up and seeing that kind of cool special effects with him so oh, i definitely yeah. give props to those people oh that were doing the special it. effects for this movie are just amazing and the fact that we see zombies with different coloring we see different um, injuries different oh like, turn of events yeah, i know there was one of them where the tiger itself even had like a giant size whole bite in the side of them and it's like or i wonder if he got that? shot with something because it's perfectly circular. It is perfectly circular. Which is However, if you got weird. a close enough look to it, there's teeth ah, marks in the circle. Pause so that of... moment and zoom in, people. <laughs> and, uh, and of course, with me having done special effects makeup before, it's I love paying attention to the detail that they do because it always it can always inspire someone else to do, start something. So it's definitely interesting to see the different injuries, how. You know, the muscles tear, how the, the ligaments will right. rip, and it's... Right, like the whole thing when he bites Batista, and he's, like, pulling it apart. Like, yep. it's and taking him that, a long time. tendon to rip, and it's... Right. Because tendons are actually very stretchable when they're being stretched, and that's why you normally won't tear a tendon before you rip a muscle. 
because when muscles are constricted, they'll rip a lot easier versus right. the tendons that are relaxed. Right, which for those of you that aren't sure about biology, the tendons are the part in the chicken tender, if you buy them at the store, that holds the tender together, but when you go to try to eat it, it's actually really hard, it's hard to chew, all that kind of stuff. So that's a reference point for everyone. Happy educational day. <laughs> but it's then with the makeup and stuff too, when they sit back and they show... I didn't like how some of them had the dark circles around their eyes. So, like, you could definitely see who's been there the longest versus who was freshly turned. Okay. And as Coyote has said before, in a several spots, she's brought other people into it, but doesn't always see them come back. Right. So, she's like, I've only seen one guy out of the many people that she's brought in there come out. And right. And then he was even taken away. Right. To... To another un- undisclosed location with two other people and as far as we know he may not be alive anymore right or like the three girls that were taken and just locked into that hotel room which when they're running away later on when they're found by the daughter it is hilarious <laughs> on the hotel door you had to pause it to see it but it had a do not disturb sign on the door <laughs> for where they were hiding these girls so uh, that might have been just coincidence, but I thought it was a neat little tag, kind of funny thing to notice. There's a mattress in front of the staircase door that's leaned up like this, but she can't push it open. It's like, it's not locked. There's just something behind it. You just got to push. I don't know. I guess when you're scared, you know, the fight or flight is different for everybody. Just like, what did he do with the girl that he dragged out of the room? And, well, he threw her across the room and then dragged her out of the room. Right. You know, is he feeding his minions or is he turning them to try to get more females to see about procreating? Or Right, because even when uh, his daughter, Batista's daughter, comes in to find the girls, there's still only two of them there. Uh, the third one is no longer seen after that scene. Right, because she gets dragged and taken away. Yeah, so it's kind of interesting to see that. And, of course, then we see the sacrifice come back, and he's been turned. But it's kind of interesting to see that he's actually one of the alphas, not one of the minions. Because he was first bit by the king, and then was eaten by the other people. Mm. But it's weird seeing how many were on top of him in that pool pit, and he only has one injury. Right, because then they... They like it was almost up. right, almost like a ceremony situation where right where they just lifted him up and, and did all that away. right with the whole at the beginning kind of fast forwarding through how we got to where we are between when he first escapes from the convoy to later they show him actually walking up to the Olympus and there's still the statue full on you know, kind of looks at that maybe as being an example of what he should do and then when we go back to Las Vegas and we see it the statue is now decapitated and he's no longer holding his staff and he's no longer you know which I thought was interesting but you also gotta assume it's because of all the missiles that sent down there like there's gotta be right right still and everything else out there that they normally see but that might be why he's also got a cape AKA Superman or Odin. I, yeah, I saw or, a gladiator I mean, form with the Roman Empire. Right. Yep. With and the that's Greek why. mythology as well. So I thought that was kind of interesting. It's like, 
wait, he's following this style. But that would be why, because he saw the statue and was like, was oh, cool. that's what, yes. <laughs> that's what a man in power looks like. And so that's what I'm going to try to emulate. Which I also thought it was funny, because apparently he's so smart enough to protect his frontal lobe with the mask that he had. Which oh, I thought yeah. was awesome, because at first, when they first see it, it looks kind of blue when he's putting it on. So it almost looks like a Captain right. America mask. Right, that's what you're, yeah. And then they pan it off to where now it looks darker, so it almost looks like the Batman face top without his horns on top. Right, right. So it's kind of interesting to see that it's like, hey, wait a second. No. Now we're making jokes here. Right? We kept trying to figure out, was this from medieval times? You know, like, because it was definitely iron or something else. Or maybe he pulled that off of, like, a statue. I, I haven't been to Vegas in years, but there was uh, this one place that was more of, it was Camelot. And Knights of the Round Table and all this stuff, and they would have the statues. So I'm wondering, you know, that might be like, oh, a lost thing that he found in, you know, an old Which is Las Vegas. Interesting, definitely, that he was smart enough to protect his frontal lobe, but didn't get a full helmet either. Because apparently he only faces people head on. That's the only way you're going to get him is head on. Right? Yeah, well, you're stronger that way anyway. You're not going to back up and you hit think. somebody from behind because nobody is attacking this dude from behind. Which, homage to that actor... He has done a lot of stunt work. He has been Ben Affleck's stunt double in all of the Zack Snyder Batman movies or where Batman has been seen. He has also done 300, which, of course, is nothing but battle. He's done all this other major serious work. So props to him. Well, that and the fact that he's also tall. He's like 6'3". And has a commanding presence I think even without the makeup on but with all that extra special effects just makes him more commanding and then of course when you put so many other zombies around him that are shorter than him just by natural way of the American height average it's just kind of going ah he's a bad dude you know which I thought was hilarious because when I first saw him, when he's first coming out of the box, he's all buff and he's like freshly turned type of issue. But then we see him later and he's kind of slimmed down a little bit, with especially when it comes to like the muscle region. And I think that kind of gives a nod as he's dead. Right, There's right. Nothing... He's not regenerating his mus- <clears throat> muscles. There's nothing to really feed the body. Yeah, there's nothing there to bring that back up. So it's kind of interesting to see. So, like, he's been there a while. I mean, he's been gone. He's been dead for a while when we first see him versus when we see him later. Right, So it's interesting to see that they kept that timeline versus keeping the same type of guy. Right. That montage could have been a month or two months. Uh, I doubt it was years because I think it really would have spread. a year. You know, it really would have. they go back and talk about how... Oh, they were in it when it first started with the special ops team that were in there to try and kill everything. It almost looks like it was a year ago because one guy didn't have facial hair and all of a sudden he's got a full brush oh, of facial hair. Right, and right. a couple of them look a little older than they did when they were in there. Right, and how long did it take them to get all those shipping containers to make the wall? And then, of course, Batista's wife turned or whatever. And, Which is and always who knows how long ago saying, that was. Saying that to him. Right. I, and because there's not a whole lot 
not to downplay the counties outside of Las Vegas, but it's mostly desert in all directions. So I think if there was a way better place to be able to contain a zombie outbreak, Las Vegas would probably be a good choice as well. And that's the only thing I that I don't like. Otherwise, without the nudity in the very beginning montage, I think I'd let my teenage son see this movie. So I'd have to almost skip that a little bit. But I understand why Zach put it in because those That's are the dancers is. on the strip. So I get that. And of course, it's hilarious that the three girls are running after the guy and they put him in the tub and it all turns red, you know, everywhere. But that that's the only nudity that we see throughout the entire film is in that very beginning montage kind of stuff. Which I think that specific scene is hilarious because you first see the guy on the piano like you don't even realize what's going on in the background yet until it pans off that guy and it's like, He's just chilling, playing piano, and all of a sudden there's a whole bunch of dead people coming. Right, they're they're fighting each other. Right, and that goes back to the type of camera lens that he's using with the whole bokeh in the back, which is the not in focus situation. That's the term for that, but it's right that he is the Liberace impersonator guy that that's singing the uh, Viva Las Vegas and watch out Elvis as the little. <laughs> building comes down from Paris, which is little Eiffel Tower. Little Eiffel Tower, which now we see that uh, grew from Despicable Me did not steal, because he claimed to have stolen that one. And the Statue of Liberty, also from Vegas, <laughs> but she also didn't steal. But that visual of the king on top of. The Statue of Liberty standing there with his staff Which looking I just was like so cool. Yeah, looking just like that Olympus statue. You know, he is he is the ruler of his dominion. Which is also kind of interesting that they went from this is their prison and Coyote Lily automatically said, No, 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 no. This is their kingdom. We're in their territory now. Oh, absolutely. So it's a really interesting to see how it went from being the way it was to being how it is today. Because they had it back where it's like, oh, they're just mindless zombies. It like, was chaos. Can, they were running the streets. Yeah, we can, we can do this. We can get through it. And Lily, who has been in and out of that place multiple times, has even sat back and said, no, They're organized. Right. This is completely different than what you're used to. This is completely different than, from what you've seen. You have to listen to me and follow the rules. And, of course, the automatic confusion on their faces is like, rules? What rules are you talking about? Right, and, of and course, it's... she doesn't tell you the rules. No. She just shoots the guy in the leg and then ties his hands and Which says... he deserved it. <laughs> yes. You know, the, 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 the jerk gets the... Right, gets his comeuppance and all that kind of stuff. So that's why we come back to the whole how some people turn quickly, some people don't turn quickly they take longer and then some people just die they're never turned into zombies so why is it that the guy at the end turns so long i mean did he so he either was in that vault for a month which technically i guess you can't because in 30 days if you don't eat anything the body dies itself but if he had already started 
having some of the zombie stuff in his body, maybe that's what kept him alive, so he could come out post the nuclear blast and survive the air and all this kind of stuff. Or, you know, is it... Was it only a couple days? Right. Did he get out and then somebody else was alive and he got bitten on his way out? Or did... And that's why... And it's... So when they leave at the end and he's on the airplane and he sees it and he's like, oh... Does he keep going? There is a theory that Army of the Dead Pot Du is going to be wherever he lands that that he's a zombie and it starts all over again. But you would think after seeing everything he went through, I would have shot myself. Mm. Like in The Walking Dead, some of them did that as well. They're like, well, I'm done now. Because the weird, I mean, he could cut off his arm and then see if he still stays a human. Because right, they did, they did do that with Mr. Herschel, who ran the farm in Walking Dead, where he was bitten his leg, and Rick had told him, like, I don't want you to die. I'm gonna save your life. Picked up the axe and chopped off his leg, and he was fine ever since. Which is weird, because if it's in your blood, it's in your blood from that instant. As anybody that has given blood or gotten a shot or done any of that stuff. So that's another reason why I'm a little bit more hesitant on doing things like this vaccine that's being around for the coronavirus. To me, it hasn't been around long enough to know really a lot of the side effects, a lot of the other stuff. Not that I think we're going to all of a sudden turn into zombies. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I imagine they were trying to cure cancer with a biochemical Right, that was right. Given out to people, and next thing you know, we had the vampire, vampire zombies, or whatever they were. Some people claim that they're vampires because they didn't come out during the daytime, but they weren't zombies because they weren't eating people. But it's right. like, but there's no one in the area for them to eat, so we don't see it until they go and find that out into that, their area. Right. We, we don't find out until later when Will Smith has the main girl from the main guy of that zombie group and he's doing tests and stuff, finds out that it's their own blood that's the cure and everything else. But right. I do like that nod that Zack Snyder does with Walking Dead that it's oh we're done we're bit we're done. That's it. Right. Right. So it's really interesting to see how different types come into play with Zack Snyder because you do have the really smart zombies like you did in I Am Legend and then you do have the kind of dumber ones that would right, just right. go about They were day. bitten by the other ones I guess Yeah, they would just, just the go followers. about their day and, like in The Walking Dead and then, of course you have George Romero zombies where they're just pure graphic gore that, right. bar- that you barely saw but it's interesting to see that he does still give a nice head nod to George Romero through all the special Well, he's effects. the godfather of all this stuff. Well, the, of course. You know. But it's nice to see that people are still going from him versus going from, oh, I'm getting it from so-and-so who got it from George Romero, but I don't, I'm not going to credit him. Right, right. So it's definitely really nice to see that there's still people out there that love zombie movies as much as... The normal civilian does and the normal person does well and it's i think it's back to zack snyder's wheelhouse you know with dawn of the dead and and doing some more of those that he also likes telling a little bit more of a dramatic story through the visual part 
the pure gore grossness of it i mean right the fact that we're seeing them like rip people apart and and then the the tiger rips up the bad guy and he's like squirting blood out of his neck and then completely smashes his head with a bite and then we see the one zombie that they're using to try to get into the vault and he gets squished right in the middle and then it tries to pull apart and he's stuck in so many ways that's there i thought that scene was hilarious because before the wall closes in on him he actually turns around with like this scared look on his face like what's coming (laughs) right so it's kind of interesting to see like okay so do they have a sort of consciousness are they slowly coming back into humanization right versus but tranquilizers don't work on them because of course not. I think he had six shot all the way through like him. Eight of them stuck in him. Yeah, and he was shot multiple times by right. the bullets coming out of the wall, and none of them hit his head. Nope. So whoever installed these guns and supposed to be non-lethal thing really didn't think of somebody. I guess that's why it's non-lethal. It's not a headshot. I guess that's maybe how they got around that whole <laughs> illegal thing with Dieter. And, uh, but it's definitely kind of funny to see that these zombies, no matter whether they're the smart ones or the slightly dumber ones, that they all still have that emotional basis, which you don't see really in a lot of other like zombie films, especially like Resident Evil. They were all just super angry, but that's about it. Like, right, we didn't right. see them like, get scared. They weren't like, what's going on? It was more right. so of, I'm coming to eat you, and that's fucking Right, like in World War Z, they were in they World were saying Z, that's which, the first time we saw zombies run instead I, of just doing I their. I always stated if we end up in a zombie apocalypse, I want the Walking Dead zombies, not World War Z zombies, because right. I know for a fact I cannot outrun those. So you right. better be ready to get tripped. Or <laughs> Sean versus the Dead, where yeah. they're watching the zombie from probably twenty feet away or whatever, and. And he's going, Arr! and they're all going, <laughs> making jokes. So that's a good spoof zombie film on that side. But yeah, so mm-hmm. we love Zack Snyder. We like what you did. Love the fact that they're they're playing the song "Don't Hurt Me" Don't while you're in the. Me. Well, there's that, yeah. (laughs) Right. Of course, I love Queen, and of course, ever since Bohemian Rhapsody, (laughs) now we're hearing their songs everywhere, which is kind of nice. But that it's the opening song of Viva Las Vegas, which is Long Live Las Vegas. And here, the apocalypse is right there. And then you've got the elevator music. The elevator scene. (laughs) Do you really want to hurt me? (laughs) so that's why we come back to going which I thought was funny because when the elevator doors open for the cane you can kind of see his head nodding just a little bit yeah like he's kind of into the music kind of digging it so I guess your zombies like the music Zach I don't know what to tell you though about their taste (laughs) right but like it was it's key in movies and it was the same thing that we saw in Zack Snyder's cut of Justice League because he completely changed the soundtrack to that movie because he wanted a completely different feel on his direction. Which was really well done. Like, it was definitely, you felt more in depth with it. 
than right. the original, which I, that's why I personally like Zack Snyder, because he takes something that was already pre-made and makes it his own by making it something, even like the extra half, half an hour that he adds, of course, right. with all the little details he wants to add. But even like the soundtracks that he adds instead of the right. original ones is completely different. But I felt more in depth with the Injustice movie because of that. Well, and he works with the same composer that did the Justice League and a couple others that he worked, um, Junkie XL. He worked with him in this film. We loved it. We'd love to hear your opinions on it. Hopefully we gave you some good reasons to enjoy the movie or some little Easter eggs to try to find the next time you watch it. And as to why I love looking at movies and the whole cinematic experience is because if you can pay attention and pick out some of those cute little things, I think it keeps you involved, keeps you engaged, or it helps you also kind of think of what the director and the writer were going for. So awesome job, Zack Snyder, and thank you for listening. After the conversation, we have some spoilers to share with you. The character of Tig Notaro, who is the pilot, Marianne Peters, she is a comedian. Love her on stage. She actually filmed all of her stuff on a green or blue screen after the movie had originally been filmed. And that's because they changed out the person that originally played that character. And I don't know, it was hard to notice it. I don't think anybody else did, and Zach did an awesome job with that. After the conversation, we have some spoilers for you. The character of Tig Notaro, the pilot, who is played by Marianne Peters, she is a stage comedian. I love her. I think she's hilarious, and she does a great job in this film. She was not the original actor cast during the original filming. They had to redo all of those lines with her individually and then digitally put her in the movie. I did not really notice a whole lot of that, and I don't think anybody else did too, but I thought that was a pretty cool thing to note. Another thing is that some of the zombies were robots. Did anybody else see how when they hit one guy in the face, it was mechanical and all that kind of stuff. So I wonder where those guys came from and how they were even created. That seems kind of weird. Was it an animatronic thing that then a zombie bit? I mean, there's definitely loads of animatronics in Las Vegas. So that sounds kind of interesting. And I wonder where Zach was going with that. Well, that's the end. Roll credits. Thank you for joining me on this podcast, and be sure to follow Jace's Movies for more. I want to thank Google, IMDb, Rotten Tomatoes, and more for some of the detailed facts mentioned in this podcast, though most of it comes directly from my crazy fangirl brain. Let me know of anything I might have missed, anything you'd like to discuss or have expanded. You can email me at jacesmovies at gmail.com or follow Jace's Movies on Instagram and Facebook. I hope you enjoyed this show, and we'll see you at the movies.